Hey guys, Adam from Splendid Sports back for another three and three. And I am happy to be joined by Chris McGill. Chris, how you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me, Adam. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I've, I've wanted to ask you to do this for a while, but I figured, you know, I got episode 23 here. This is number 23. And you are one of the best Jordan collectors that I know of, at least. Uh, I, I love watching on Instagram and I watch the crossover. So I know a lot about your collection, uh, but I figured who better than to have on episode number 23 than you. So um, if this is someone's first three and three that they're catching, uh, we're going to do a little hobby talk. But basically, uh, Chris is going to show three of his favorite cards in his collection. And we'll pull up images. Two of them he doesn't have in hand. So we're going to pull them up through a thing called Card Ladder. Uh, so we're going to look at images, talk about the cards. And then we're going to look at uh, three cards that are on his want list in Card Ladder and talk about those. Um, but yeah, Chris, uh, you know, first and foremost, I just want to say I love I love a lot about what what you and your team are doing. I love Card Ladder. Uh, I, I'm, once we get into Card Ladder, I, I got a couple. I got a hot take on Card Ladder that I want to share. Nice. Uh, but I'm a big fan of the crossover. I watch the crossover when it does the either on podcast or YouTube. Um, I'm, I'm, it's too late for me on Instagram when you guys do it live because I'm old. So yeah, right. um, I always catch the replay, but. Big fan of what you guys are doing, so um, really appreciate that. Uh, but if you know some of my audience that watches my shows, they might not be in your segment of the hobby, so to speak. Sure. I get a lot of like vintage baseball collectors. Um, so if you if you wouldn't mind, could you just give us like a you know a brief rundown of of what you collect or anything else you'd want to say? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I just want to say uh, thank you for making the content that you make. I've watched more than a few episodes of yours. And thank you for the suggestions that you've made to Card Ladder as well. You were one of the reasons why we created the custom index feature. And you, your, your, uh, the vintage index that you created and just the, the energy and the passion that you have for collecting vintage is is uh it, it it matters and it and has influenced us a bit as as we've uh tried to make the best product we can so just want to give you a shout out thank you and you know as far as uh what, what was the question here just give us, <laughs> give us a, for those who might not be familiar maybe oh, sure. people that, okay. you know aren't on instagram or, or you know follow a lot of the stuff that you guys are doing give us just a little little rundown of what you collect yeah so basically what i collect at the at the heart and core and i'm, I'm going to refer to the collection as ours because uh my fiance christina and i are collecting tandem uh so the, at the heart of our collection is michael jordan uh he was my favorite player as a kid he's my favorite player today he's the best basketball player of all time and he has the best cards so it's not <laughs> It's not too tough to uh, for me to figure out what I want to focus on. But outside of Michael Jordan, um, I've taken an interest in some active players just uh, to give me something to follow in the day-to-day -day sports world. And I've actually got obsessed with it in the last few years. But, um, you know, in football, I've, I'm a pretty big Le'Veon Bell collector. Uh, he was a key part to a few fantasy successes and then also christian mccaffrey for the same reason uh mccaffrey being in the 2017 rookie class is awesome 
So all the great Mahomes rookies that exist, McCaffrey's in those sets as well. Uh, then in basketball, um, Christina and I started chasing like 2018 Prism when that product came out. We just wanted something modern to open, and Luca was the chase along with uh, Trey. And uh, But after we started getting some Luca cards, I started watching him play, and I said, this guy's incredible. And we became Luca collectors. And then uh, after you know following the league and really get into it and trying to figure out, hey, does this guy Luca have a chance to be an all-time great, or is this just kind of going to be a flash in the pan? I, I I became obsessed with studying advanced metrics in basketball. And then every year, this this guy, as uh, Stephen A. Smith once said, this tub of lard, uh, <laughs> Nikola Jokic, was at the top of all the uh, of all the of all the analytics categories year after year after year, you know, box plus minus player efficiency rating, 538 Raptor, just always in first. And I eventually caved in after he won his first MVP, I caved in and I said, I'm going to try collecting this guy. So that that's pretty much like, and then I've got, you know, we went and saw Steph Curry play in the playoffs last year. And I just, I thought he was awesome. And so we picked up a, a, a nice Steph Curry card, got a few nice LeBron James cards I, I really like Lamar Jackson. Got a sweet, you know, rookie of his. Like the collection starts to really spread out, uh, you know. But uh, but yeah, man, that's that's. I could talk about my collection for a long time, so let's just stop it. Well, and, and especially the Joker, Jokic. Um, you were very early on that 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 train, man. And uh, so kudos to to you with the analytics. For me, it was, uh, you know, I, I watch a lot of NBA, not as much maybe this year as I have in the past, but uh, I have at the beginning of the season, I, I watched a lot of Nuggets games. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, got the NBA league pass and I watched Nuggets games. Now I obviously, obviously knew about Jokic. I knew about his stats and his two MVPs, but really until I started watching him like on a nightly basis, it really, I'm like, this guy is an all timer because, you know, I'm a Larry Bird collector too. Yeah. And he reminds me so much of Larry Bird, the way he passed you know, with in magic too. And that is my favorite thing in basketball is not just guys who put up triple double stats, but they do it in a way that's so entertaining. And Jokic, man, if, if for people who don't watch him and watch his games that much, his passing is like, it's, it's magic and bird level passing, which, you know, I really haven't seen. I mean, LeBron, yeah, but not to that degree as far as like the the craftsmanship and the art of the passing, the no looks and seeing things that no one else can see as far as angles and stuff. So for me, that was what made me want to go out and buy a Jokic card. So I'm not going to become a Jokic collector or anything like that, but I wanted to have at least one card of his in my collection because I was just like, this guy is incredible, man. This is like Larry Bird reincarnated right here, you know, <laughs> even though he's not dead. But uh, that that's what got me is that that eye test of watching him actually like play. And that clicked for me. Like, I need one card of this guy just, just to have. <laughs> so yeah. congrats on, man, I think he's going to win his third MVP this year. So that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see. It's a really tough competition right now. And there's a lot, of great, a lot of great basketball being played right now. So, yep. Well, well, we'll get into uh, things a little further, but let's get rolling on um, three of your favorite cards. Now, do you want to do the one you have in hand first? Sure. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, this is. This one's the lightweight compared to the other two anyway, so we'll open with this one. But this is the 1997-98. Uh, I'm going to try and show it so I don't get too much glare. 
1997, 98, Upper Deck Records Collection, Michael Jordan, BGS 95. It's low pop. I think the BGS 95 pop is under 20. And the PSA 10 pop, I think, is pretty modest as well. The, the thing I love about the card is uh, it's just that it, it symbolizes, well, first of all, just, just from a design point of view, there's no way I'm going to be able to show it over video on my low-resolution camera, but there are grooves in the card. The, the, the card is designed as if it were an LP, and there are grooves in the card that just give it a, an extra texture that's pretty neat. There's lots of really cool details on the card that make it an interesting thing to look at at hand. And I, but I also like what the insert set symbolizes, you know, records collection. That's that's a pretty good thing for, uh, for a Michael Jordan collector because the guy set a lot of records. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <he> and, <laughs> and so, like, you know, that's – I just like what it stands for. That's one of the things I love most about Jordan is just that, you know, he set uh, – he set a lot of records and part of his legacy, I think, is that he was he was so dominant uh, for for at the peak of his powers, you know, whether it's 10 scoring titles or the fact that even though, you know, he came after Wilt and, and all the great scorers that have come after him and before him, he still, even with the Wizards years, has the highest points per game in NBA history. There's just uh there's there's so much to appreciate about his game and what he did. So that's the first one, Adam, is the records collection. You, what, how did you get that one originally? Was it a card show online? Oh, it's a great question. It's a funny story behind how I got this one. So I first uh, discovered this insert years ago, and uh, and I had a copy back then, and I just I traded it away, and I regretted it, um, and so then. You know, you don't see them come up very much. They're just, they're tough to find in, in a gem in condition. But my buddy Coleman Cards uh, came into one at a card show and he's a dealer. And so he, he got his hands on one and then he posted his card show pickups and I messaged him and I said, hey, would you be willing to trade me that card for like a bunch of my low end PSA slabs? Because <laughs> I have like a ton of junk slabs, let's call them. And so he said, yeah, you know, if we can, we can make the values work. And so I ended up trading him about 60 cards for this one. And, you know, I think he made out well, and I'm really happy to just have the card, have a, a copy of the card in a, in a gem and condition back. So that's the story behind that. Beautiful. One. Love it. All right. So for the second and third cards, uh, you don't have them in hand. So what we're going right. to do, I'm going to pull up. The card ladder showcase here. Yep, I love I love uh, the co-founder of Card Ladder. I'm here fumbling through Card Ladder as he watches. You know, <laughs> oh, you're you're doing great. I, uh, I actually saw you clicking through it earlier. It was yeah, I was you definitely yeah. know what you're doing. Like I, when you use it on your show too, you definitely know how to move around. A little bit. I've been I've been uh, about two years. I've been using it, and I'll talk a little further about that. But man, the the updates and the the new features that you guys have put in, like, wow. I mean, I just, I'll, I'll go a little further into it after we look at this one, but sure. I'm just, I'm loving everything you guys are adding to the mix here with Card Ladder. But first, this is, for me, this is like the greatest Michael Jordan card there is. I know there's a, there's a green of this, but for me, just because of the red and the bulls and Jordan, I think this is like the perfect Michael Jordan card. So take it away. 
Yeah, so there are better Michael Jordan cards out there. There's about half a dozen playing days, one of ones from the main brands that are all probably better than this card. Some definitely better, like the 9899 Metal Universe Gem Masters one of one. Like that card is maybe Jordan's best card ever made. Also, there's the green out of 10, like you pointed out, which is a much rarer and more desired parallel than the red out of 90. But once you get out of that, like, Jordan cards, you know, that are numbered to 10 or less, then I think this card is has a has a decent argument to be the best one. And it's this this is the PMG red. It's it's just it's so different. And it's the the concept of the card, you know, from a design point of view, like they had this metal universe set and the theme of the set was placing the athletes in these surreal, larger-than-life, outer-space-style settings to sort of, you know, symbolize how these players were transcending everyday life, that they were doing just these otherworldly things, and that that's the impact they were having on culture. And the, the, But then they took the original design, and for the PMG Red and the Green, they just, like, in a sort of, like, nod to postmodern technique they just blew out and wiped away the colors of the original design and just like washed them out with all red and all green and i don't know why but it just it it really like it just resonates with me the way they did that and the way how like i know what it's supposed to look like in the base version i know how colorful it is i know there's so there the the etched hollow foil is still there on the on the PMG parallel, but I know it's supposed to be colored, filled in with different colors. But just the way they wash it out with the red, um, in, in the Chicago Bulls, red is obviously you know an important color to Jordan and Bulls collectors. Just kind of the whole art of it, the sort of the bizarreness of it, the the obnoxiousness of this card is it just really speaks to me plus i think like when you see it in hand it's sort of whatever uh materials they use to make the card the way that it refracts uh the way that it's so sensitive you know they, they came out of the packs just chipping you know? like this it, when i bought this card the guy who sold it to me was like you got to be really careful with this card if you blow on it you know it might deteriorate <laughs> that was that was kind of that was kind of like he was exaggerating, but that—that's the point. He, the point was that like these cards are really, really delicate. So you have this graded yourself? Well, so originally it was a BGS eight. Okay. But it had been slabbed uh, backwards, so the the card, an, an error in the grading process, led to the back side of the card being lined up with the front side of the BGS label. And you can actually see it. The there's a the card sold on PWCC maybe like I don't know eight or nine years ago or something like that, in in its old backward BGS slab. And so it, that's how that's the condition it was in. The guy that I got it from took it out of that BGS slab because he figured it was, you know, gonna impair the card's ability to be sold. If it's in this backward slab, you got to keep in mind, this is years and years ago. You know, this is uh, back in 2018, almost five years ago, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And so 
uh, he took it out and sold it to me raw. And then I I met with him in uh, in Southern California to buy the card, and then took it right to PSA and got it graded. And was a little bit uh, it was a little bit of a gut punch, especially at that time when it got a PSA five, <laughs> because it's like, yeah. damn, this was a BGS eight, and uh, now it's gone down three full grades. Wow. But um, you know, now that we kind of understand the different scales of the different grading companies apply. You know, it softened the blow a little bit, but that was a gut punch. But at the end of the day, who cares? I also it's, think it, it presents it, it, so nicely in a PSA slab too. Like the yeah, yeah. Just, I was gonna say that the the color match with the PSA yes. slab is like perfect. With the Bulls color match, I mean, like I said, it there's I know there's more valuable Jordan cards, there's rarer, scarcer cards, but this for me, like just design looks wise, this is like the perfect Jordan card. So uh, I mean, the fact that you have this is incredible i mean do you know are they like of the it's numbered to 90 right the Correct. red so estimate do you, what do you think how many are actually like out there uh like that weren't thrown away or do you really think there's like 90 out there in people's collections or what do you think no i don't think 90 have made it to circulation but i i would say maybe 50 to 60 have okay just kind of eyeballing pop reports and knowing that there are rare, there are raw copies that have never been graded that have surfaced. Like uh, Asia was way ahead of the curve on, you know, cards like this, and a lot of them ended up overseas and never made it back. And because these cards are in collect in in uh, collections in Asia, you know, some of them just they're not going to get graded anytime soon because what you know, it's it's very risky to ship a card like this to a grading company. You know, you have to fly it over yourself, basically, I think, to do it. And that's a big trip and an expensive trip. Yeah. And, and you know what, with the grade, uh, like you said, a little gut punch, but it's I compare it to like certain vintage cards where it doesn't even matter the grade with a card like this is really, I mean, it's more of just you have one of the copies. It's a great looking copy, regardless Same. of grade. It's 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 got great eye appeal. So, yeah, man, cool. that is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not complaining one bit. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to, to be able to have owned that card for almost five years now. Love it. All right, so let's go. Uh, number three is, let's see, I'm right. Number three on your list is, is it right this one? There. Yep, that one right there. All right. I'm higher on this card than most other Jordan collectors are. Uh, but at one time, this card was sort of, sort of had that, that same uh, appeal that like a PMG Red has. And the card is the 97-98 Finest Embossed Refractor. It's die cut. It's everything. This card is everything about the, it's numbered to 74. And it's everything about the 90s. It's, uh, if you took all the technological innovation that happened in between like 1992 and when this card came out in 97. And it, all the changes that happened in the production of cards, whether it was refractor technology, whether it was die cutting, whether it was the use of embossing, whether it was the application of serial numbering, or whether it was the advent of the gold parallel, or the, the use of the uh, atomic refractor background pattern in particular. All those things, all of them, they just took them all and combined them 
for this one parallel. So that's what I love about this parallel. This parallel is everything about 90s cards and all the, you know, the boundary pushing things that, that manufacturers did in the 90s to get an edge with consumers and with collectors. It's all in this card. So plus I just love the way it looks and I love that it's just like the PMG Red. This is also from the 97, 98 season, which I mean, it was just, it produced so many of the, of my favorite sets. So that's the deal with this one. Great choice, man. That, that is, I, I don't think I've, I've seen that maybe once or twice, like, you know, on Instagram or whatever, maybe probably on your cha- on your account, but yeah. yeah, that's one I haven't really looked at too much. And that is an incredible looking card too. Wow. Awesome. Great choice there. Thanks. Bro. Uh, all right. So we got, those are the three of your favorites. Now let's go, let's go look at um, three on your want list. So if I go here, you want to just tell me what to type in here? Oh man. Um, Let's go with uh, playmakers theater, Michael Jordan. I've never owned this card and uh, theater is spelled. Yeah. R E exactly. So one of these is a, a nine five of this card is actually at auction with PWCC right now. And uh, this is just a card that. Is that it right there? That's it. That's the okay. one. 98 Fleer Playmakers Theater. Wow. Yeah. And this, the, the, it brings up an interesting discussion of should 98, 99 be considered playing years cards for Michael Jordan. And we don't need to go into it right now, but the bottom line is I tend to side with the fact that they are. So for me, this is within my collecting purview. It's the last year of eligible Michael Jordan cards to collect. It's the last year that products like Fleer were licensed to make Michael Jordan cards. They couldn't make them after 98, 99 until Upper Deck uh, acquired their rights to their products years later. But uh, I just, it's it's a really sharp looking card. I've never owned it. So, and then uh, another card that, I think would be really cool to own that I don't own would be the 1997 rubies, Michael Jordan. And uh, that's the team skybox. I believe we have card profiles for the, uh, the base as well. Maybe if you just scroll down a little bit right there, you might be, there it is right there. Number 29. That's what I should have said. Number 29. Yeah. This that's nice. Yeah, this is such a beautiful card. It's the first Michael Jordan Rubies. I'm sorry, it's the first Michael Jordan Star Rubies. He was in the Rubies set from 96, 97, but that wasn't the Star Rubies and it wasn't numbered and it doesn't look as cool. So that's one on my want list as well. By the way, these cards are virtually unobtainable to me. So I'm just really (laughs) swinging for the fences here. Although you said the first one was up for auction right now, right? It is, but uh, it's it's a nine five, and it's already at eighty four thousand out of oh. So <laughs> we're just gonna we're just well, that one's just this is a real wish list here. Let's just say that. Gotcha. And then what do I want to go with for my third choice? Oh man, you know, if the price ever makes sense, the nineteen eighty six Fleer fifty seven PSA ten is a Michael Jordan card that I've just been thinking about lately. 
uh, it, I just, for, for me, it's a little too, it's not even, it's way too high right now, but if that card ever got back to its price of like 30 grand or 35 grand range, I might try to try to move some cards around and see if I could see if I could get a, get my own copy of one of these, but you know, you just got to be careful buying them. You got to do your due diligence. Fortunately, PSA has the PSA guarantee, which protects the integrity of the grade and the authenticity of the card, as long as you're the person buying it on the secondary market and not the original submitter. But yeah, man, that's, I don't know why, but that's just the card that came to my mind third here as we're going through the wish list. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I've seen other Jordan collectors too have, you know, some of them obviously have, have this, you know, in a PSA 10 or whatever, or even lower grades, but uh, it's funny because a lot, some of the Jordan collectors, yeah, this is one that they just, maybe because they know it'll always be available, right? So it's like, oh, I'll get that someday. But they go after the, the, like some of the ones we've been looking at, you go after those kind of first, try to get get those while you can, while they're still out there. Uh, and then this one's kind of like, yeah, I'll get around to it. And especially now as prices are coming down. Yeah, that's that's kind of the strategy. Which I, I've seen not just you, but some of the, some of the other Jordan collectors too. Sure. What do you, uh, this is, that was, that reminded me of what I wanted to show here. So yeah, I have, I have a hot, hot take. Hot take. Let's go. Hot take. So some of the, I, I kind of dabble in all segments of the hobby. So I, I collect vintage baseball, but I also collect uh, Larry Bird. I also collect Tom Brady. So I, I span through the, the years um, and through the eras with, with my collecting. Uh, one of the things I've noticed though, is based on the segment or what you collect, some of the some of the vintage guys that I know um, or watch their channels, I think they have the wrong impression about card ladder. And, and what I mean by that is not anything real negative. It's just I don't think they know all the features and all the tools that are in card ladder. I think what they might see is like, you know, they just all they see is like on social media, they'll see the card ladder posts where it's uh, all time highs and stuff. And they, but that's all they see. So they just think it's oh, it's probably just a a tool where you can look at just prices and so forth. And obviously that's a big part of it. But while I'm in it, I wanted to just highlight, I have no skin in this game. I'm just a subscriber, but I try to come on here. And if I see something that I think is really good, I like to talk about it. So this is, this is in the car ladder here, this menu on the left guys, if you're not, if you've never been in this or you don't have the uh, the premium version, like I do, there, there are features in here that honestly are tools for collectors that even if you don't uh, sell cards, sell a lot of cards, even just on the buying side, I mean, the sales history is for me the greatest thing you guys ever came out with. Because when I first signed up for Card Ladder like two years ago, um, you mentioned it earlier, I contacted you guys because there was a bunch of vintage cards that you didn't have in the ladder. Uh, So that was one of the things I was kind of, you know, emailing you on or messaging you on as far as like, hey, uh, these would be some good cards to put in there. But then when the sales history came out, uh, uh, do you know exactly when that was when you had added that feature? Yeah, I think it was about a year and a half ago, a little bit less, yeah. maybe about 15 months ago now. That makes sense. And so when that came on, it basically like solved all the problems for me because I was using it last night. I'm not an expert on prices and so forth, but I just want to make sure if I'm buying that I'm buying in the range. Like I don't need to be like exactly at comps or whatever above and below, but I just want to make sure I'm not like way overpaying or whatever for a card or way overbidding. So 
Um, I always use the sales history where you can look up sales across like, what is it? 14 different marketplaces. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not just eBay, but so right at your fingertips, you can see what the card is selling for. So I use that all the time, but even outside of that, just even outside of just, you know, for, as a buying tool, I use it also for my collection. So like I, I've heard, uh, other vintage guys talk about, I, I don't need something like a card ladder. I just use X because it helps me, uh, you know, uh, document my collection and, and, and basically, you know, uh, create a, uh, basically a profile of my collection. Well, that's the collection feature, right? In card ladder. Yep. So, uh, it has that feature too. Even if you just want to use it for something like that. Um, I find that very valuable for me, you know, keeping track of what I have, uh, it has prices, but if you don't even care about prices, you don't even have to look at them, but you can just, you know, have nice pictures and keep a, a good documentation of what you have. But also you mentioned earlier, um, how the, the PSA 10 86 Fleer Jordan, you know, if it got down to a certain price point, you would potentially, um, make a move on that card. Well, that's one of the great features too. I see in card ladder here, you hit, there's something called a watch list where you can set certain cards. Um, I have a few in here now. And if the card ever gets down to a price that you want to potentially buy it at, uh, you can get notified. So Carlotta will send you a, a notification saying, hey, like this one here, the you know 80 tops, Bird Magic, Julius Irving um, in a PSA 9. Man, that card's way down. Uh, but it's now you know $10,000 $10, card basically. So you could say like, hey, if it ever gets below 5,000 or even if it's a $500 card, Whenever it gets below 400, let me know. So there's all these basic tools for collectors within Card Ladder that, in my opinion, not a lot of, uh, especially in my, like I said, in my certain community that I do a lot of, um, you know, engaging with, I don't think they know that Card Ladder has all these features. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Again, I'm not, you know, on the Card Ladder team or anything like that. I have no skin in the game other than I just think it's great. And so I want to share that with whoever happens to be watching this that may not not know that. So that was long winded, but there's a ton of other stuff in there, guys, on this menu. So I don't know, Chris, maybe I did a bad job on that. But those were just a couple of things that I wanted to, to highlight that I, you guys aren't you guys are not self-promoters. That's one thing uh, you guys just kind of say, hey, we're putting this awesome product out there. Uh, but but I just wanted to do a little of that because I feel like it couldn't hurt. You know? There you go. Thank you, man. I thought that was amazing. I need to, when this video publishes, I'm just going to write down that little presentation you did and I'm going to, I'll, I'll cite you. I'll give you credit as the originator of that walkthrough. Cause that was great, man. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. That's, just, that was that's one of the things that bugs me is I do hear like, you know, I hear these takes sometimes on whether it be YouTube or social media about certain companies, not just card ladder, but all things in, when I, when I use that product or service and I know it's not true uh, and I see it's like kind of a general theme out there that like, oh, card ladder is only for a certain segment of the hobby mm -hmm. or it's only if you're a flipper or you collect modern cards. Card ladder, in my opinion, is a very affordable tool. Mm -hmm. um, I pay annually. I think it comes out to $12.50 a month when you break it down. If you pay annually, I get way more value out of that, in my opinion. Just I mean, even if you just use one of the features, I think it's very very valuable so i just wanted to share that i i actually have never gone on any like videos or anything and promoted card ladder or said anything more than just how i use it in these videos but i figured 
when I have Chris on, I'll I'll use that to uh, share a couple of uh, oh, opinions. Of that. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. Yeah, I mean uh, the the thing that that I feel so strongly about, like you made a great case for everything. Sales history is a really really valuable part of the of what a card letter user can can get access to because it's over 50 million sales uh, going back to 2002. We pull in anywhere between 50,000 and 100,000 new sales a day from all the different marketplaces that we're tracking. And to me, like a lot of the cards that I collect don't don't they they haven't necessarily sold in the last year or the last two years yet. So if if it's sold, you know, the, the last sale was six years ago. You know, I need to know what it was. And I need to know what platform it's sold on. And if there's a picture of it, I need to, and, I, and we have it, I need to be able to see it. And, you know, there's just sales history to me, uh, in addition to what you said, is just being like a resource where you can just, you can go take a look across all the different platforms for what you're, for what you may be in the market for buying or selling or just doing some research. But also like, you know, if you're in the market for something that maybe hasn't sold a lot, uh, you know, I don't know where else you would go find it if you weren't going to sales history. So, and I think if you're a new collector, you know, you always hear about, Oh, you know, the industry wants to get more collectors, 10 X the collectors. The biggest piece of advice I would give to a new collector is I, I recommend card ladder. Cause I think it's the best, but get something, get some sort of tool where sure. you can make sure that you're not entering these, these cards, making buying decisions as a new collector and not, overpaying, you know, and, and by using sales history, you can make sure you don't, because I did, I did when I, I, I've been collecting a long time, but when I zoomed into the hobby back into the hobby, early 2021, man, I overpaid because I, I hadn't, didn't have card ladder yet. So I was just kind of going like, Oh, I want this card and this four on eBay. I'm just going to go for the less least expensive one, not yeah. knowing, Oh shit. I just paid uh, I just paid double what I should have paid for that. So I really appreciate now that this is out there. And I hope any new collector uses the data before they start buying cards, basically, in my opinion, no matter how much money you have. The more well, money you have, the more dangerous it is. I love I love your approach, Adam. I just love your approach, man. You've, you've said so many things that really resonated with me on this. And like, even, yeah, hey, you know, we'd love to have as many card letter members as, as there are people who would like to be. But... If, if card letter isn't right for somebody, even just a spreadsheet, you know, just, just some form of accounting that can let a collector track and follow, you know, what they're doing, because especially collecting is so fun. You can get, we can get swept away. <laughs> we can get, we can get carried away before you know it, you know, we're not budgeting things properly. So, yeah, I mean, no matter what it is, a spreadsheet, whatever, just uh, a notepad. How about, you know, <laughs> old school you know if you're just writing it down who cares some some level of uh of keeping track of what's coming in and out of your collection is it's gonna be helpful and it's also helpful for accounting purposes you know if you do happen to sell some cards and you're like me or sounds like maybe like you and some of the cards that we bought over the last two years have gone down in value a little bit it's nice to know when we bought them when we paid for them uh, for accounting purposes. So it, it helps being able to track that stuff. And, you know, we try to make it easy, but 
You certainly don't. You, you certainly could do it on a spreadsheet. I was doing it on a spreadsheet for years before we made Card Lab. Well, Chris, uh, we're at about 35 minutes. I know we both got to jump to something yep. else. So um, I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, I would love to have you on for a part two. Just I got a, I got a bunch of other things I want to talk to you about. So at some point down the road, hopefully we can jump on one of these again together and, and take it from there. So it'd be um, a lot of fun. I really appreciate you having me on. And I wish you all the best with your channel. And I appreciate that you, you put out the content that you do. All right, Chris. Well, thank you. Feel the same way and uh, be in touch, man. Thanks again. Sounds good. All right.